Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this, the latest episode of the HR Tech Chat video podcast. And with me today, we have a very special guest, and that is Jamie Aiken, who is VP of HR Transformation at BetterWorks. BetterWorks is a provider of performance enablement solutions, and uh, you probably describe it better than I will, Jamie. But um, again, welcome to the to the podcast. Thank you for being with us. And um, if you could possibly just share a little bit with our viewers around who you are and what BetterWorks is, and uh, we have a really interesting co- topic today. Well, thanks, and thanks for having me, Brent. Um, so yes, my name is Jamie Aiken. I'm, I work at BetterWorks. I've been in HR now. I guess I'm a, a bit of an HR geek. I've been in HR for 25 years. And um, I've always been pulled to transformation. So m- most of my career as a practitioner was around culture transformation, HR transformation, business transformation, anything to do with change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, and I, if I look at my career, there's very few times where I wasn't being pulled into, here's a puzzle we need to solve. We need to make a shift. How are we going to make that shift? Um, and I, you know, I was thinking about it earlier today. I wonder why it is that I'm always gravitating towards change. And I, I think it might um, at least somewhat track back to the fact that as a, as a kid, my dad was in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police up here in Canada, oh. and we moved every two years from the time I was little, little to probably my mid-teens. Mm. And so it's almost uh, it's almost ingrained in me uh, to, to be curious about change and, and uh, to seek it out. Mm. Uh, so uh, I've, I've run global talent management practices for large uh, organizations. I've consulted to them. Um, And then about 10 years ago, I started moving into the HR tech space, Mm -hmm. mostly because there was an awful lot of transformation that was happening in organizations that required tech to enable it. Um, And so, of course, I went where the transformation was and (laughs) uh, have been in in the HR tech space for about 10 years. And I describe my job as I have the best job that I can imagine uh, for me, which is all about talking with HR people about how to help support sustainable, value-driven, people-centric transformation in organizations. Mm -hmm. And that's what I get to do every day. Um, And why I came to BetterWorks Mm -hmm. was simply because I think, you know, gosh, I'm sure we're going to be talking about it further, but performance management is one of those, pro- nobody wakes up in the middle of the night going, oh, great, tomorrow is my performance review. Right? <laughs> like- Wait, I have to just I interject for a moment here, because um, I have a funny sort of anecdote from very recently around that. Um not to seal your thunder, because I'm I oh, really no. hear the rest of the story. But my wife, she works in a in addiction recovery uh, for a very well known for for profit, um, very fast growing uh, company, and it's a fantastic employee culture, very supportive employer culture, very supportive atmosphere, and all of that. Um, but but even she um, over the weekend uh, last weekend uh, was kind of it was either this past weekend or the one before. I'm, it's all blur for me. <laughs> I'm so busy. But she, even she was like, you know, kind of stressing 
over her um over her performance review and and she's a rising star i mean she she's moving up through the ranks uh, into a leadership position very quickly and she's very good at what she does and she loves her co-workers and all that and even she was it i just had to chuckle when you said nobody wakes up in the middle of the night and says i'm so excited about my performance review tomorrow right <laughs> i mean mckinsey came out with an article a couple of three days ago and one of the stats that they had in there was that there was a report that 22% of employees rep actually reported that they cry associated with their performance appraisal. Why are we doing this, right? <laughs> yeah. Why are we doing this? And it's not just for employees, it's it's also for people managers, it's stressful. For HR, as you know, the compliance police, it's stressful. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's not seen as providing any real, you know, magic move the needle as it relates to performance or productivity. Um, and what I what was compelling to me about BetterWorks is that BetterWorks is trying to actually blow all that up, blow up and change the way we approach performance management, which is why we call it performance enablement, so that if you could imagine people, and this may sound a little Pollyannic, so I'm not expecting people are going to be like, yes, tomorrow <laughs> I'm going to be talking. But gosh, could you imagine if people were engaged and excited about having continuous conversations with their, with their managers, with their peers about what can I be doing better or recognition or feedback of, hey, that was a really great presentation. And all of that forms then the, your body of work over a period of time. So you're not waiting for um, the end of the year when you go into your boss's office. Um, and uh, and it just made me think, you know, I, I was coaching um, a business leader a few years back and he was saying, you know, I really need to practice more empathy. And I said, well, maybe the first thing you can do is take the Kleenex box off the desk wow wow yeah <laughs> we got a bit of work to do my friend right but like you know if you could if you could take that stress out if you could if you could make it something that people look forward to because they know that that experience is going to help them grow their careers progress in the organization actually see how mm. what they're doing is contributing to the 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 achievement of business objectives wow that's a different kind of experience and and, and and by the way what if people managers weren't thinking gosh i don't really know how to have these conversations i don't know exactly what i should do as a coach what if they were supported better so that they felt confident and comfortable being able to have those conversations as well? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm thrilled to be at BetterWorks. I think we're doing good work here. Yeah, yeah. I love the company name, by the way, just as, a, as an aside. Um, you know, what's really interesting, you know, today and, and people have probably figured out by now the topic is topic is uh, performance enablement, modern performance enablement and uh, HR transformation. And uh, obviously it's also organizational transformation. Completely. Yeah. And now what is, because there's a lot that goes into HR transformation, you know, digitalization and all sorts of stuff. And it's, you know, obviously an HR department is doing more than just performance reviews. And by the way, we 
I'm not going to call them reviews anymore, but just just in the you know the sort of the conventional parlance, so people know what we're talking about. But specifically, vis-a-vis modern performance enablement, how does that help to transform HR? Well, I mean, I haven't been at an HR conference over the last twenty plus years where there hasn't been at least one session called "How to Get a Seat at the Table," yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's like we've been craving and, and trying to find our way into it. And there's there's a few caveats to that. We need to be, you know, as HR professionals, we need to have business acumen. We need to be able to articulate why what we do in HR is actually going to matter for the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I think we have some work to do there um, because. There's, I look at it this way, there's sort of operational HR or sort of traditional HR administration and there's strategic HR. And what, by transforming, we really need to be thinking about where we need to be spending our time that's gonna have the most impact for the business in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, we can get in HR, we can, if I think of HR, I think of it as getting operationally excellent in the way our processes are simple, easy to use, uh, adopted well, understood well, that there's not a lot of convoluted bureaucratic effort there. Because by the way, if there is, HR's job is not going to be taken up doing strategic work. It's going to be running around chasing all of that bureaucratic noise right and policing that i'm not saying that we don't have some elements of hr that relate to compliance and getting things right and you know making sure that the organization doesn't get sued and that people are doing the things they need to be doing but really if you think about where we need to be gravitating as a practice or a group of practitioners is to be spending the time focusing on how is it that what we do in HR, so now that we're sort of making the the leap over to business transformation, Mm -hmm. how are we helping achieve that goal as opposed to staying in our bubble? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll give you a a, a great example. Um, So I took on this new role that had been created at this global organization. It was the first time they had a global talent lead and so as a, you know, as a keen um, listener, I spent the first 30 days going around to the business saying, okay, so what's broken? Mm-hmm. What do I need to, what do we need to fix in HR? Yeah. And all the answers I got were this, this HR process is broken, this HR process, you know, I got a list, you know, as many people as I talked to, I had as many different things in HR that were broken. And it was like, okay, but this isn't, this isn't, this is not going to help me prioritize or focus what we need to do. Yeah. So I switched the question and I went back and asked the same people, what is the challenge or problem or obstacle that you're having in your business right now mm-hmm. that I can help solve <clears throat> from a people perspective? And I completely changed the conversation. It completely changed the focus and allowed us to get really, really specific on what our focus needed to be to help the business. And I think those kinds of conversations need to be happening more and more uh, for HR people to to really get up into that 
strategic place and help move the business forward. You know, you're you're singing my song. <laughs> I mean, we talk about here at 360 Insights. We've um, just a brief history. <laughs> Way back uh, when we when we founded the HCM practice here at 360 Insights, um, it occurred to me, oh, it's kind of a eureka moment. Um, it wasn't like a huge, you know, breakthrough uh, or innovative thought, or it was more of a novel way of expressing something had existed. The two hemispheres of HCM, I called it. You know, one is concrete, the other is abstract. Um, you know, the concrete stuff. That's all the you know, that's like the administrative work that needs to be automated and needs to get, be gotten on. You need to get it under control before you can. And a lot of time, it kind of, a lot of times it impedes you from doing some of the stuff you'd rather do, which is the abstract HCM, uh, which is the cultural stuff, the uh, having a positive impact on the employee experience, these sorts of things. Uh, then it occurred to us uh, later on, well, wait a minute, actually every aspect of HCM has a concrete side and an abstract side. Right. You have sort of the uh, the, you know, the efficiencies that need to be found. And you also have all that that uh, people related stuff so that you're in influencing the culture in the most positive way. Right. And then uh, my colleague, Jen Dole, uh, joined us and and she looked at this and she said, oh, yeah, efficiency and empathy. Right. And I think that's that's a really nice way of looking at it. Um, and then I thought, oh. Sometimes you need efficiency in order to be empathetic, right? And so if you're an HR department and you're just mired in, I, I'm just thinking about when you went around and did that listening tour the first 30 days and everyone was telling you this process is broken or this process is broken. It sounded like, sounds like there were a lot of operational challenges in the HR department, just workflow, just stuff that needed to be fixed from an efficiency standpoint uh, and all the stuff that kind of you know, is adjacent to that. Right. And so but what I love is about that second question you asked is around, it was getting them focus, kind of get their heads out of that because it's so difficult for them to get their heads out of that because they're dealing with it every day. Totally. totally. Be empathetic. But, but when you think, when you think about like, gosh, I remember the first HCM solution, the clouds, the, when HCM started coming out as an offering, we in HR were incredibly excited about mm -hmm. the efficiency it was going to give us going from a manual paper-based process to one that was going to be, to effect automate. But we were so excited about it. I dare say that a lot of us just took our really crummy processes and you know, put them into the cloud. And we didn't see the, because we were so bedazzled by the fact that it was going to save us so much time. Um, but we, you know, so I'm happy to say that over the, the you know, the years that, that, that have passed since, we're starting to take a bigger, uh, you know, challenger voice to say, do we really need to be doing it this way? Do we really need, you know, that curiosity again? Do we really need to be having, you know, a convoluted uh, workflow with, you know, multiple sign-offs? And, and that's the, that's the, I think that's where we need to be headed. But mm -hmm. I think more HR people need to get more curious and more challenging of even within HR. What is the user experience? What is the employee experience and the manager experience? Mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, you know, I'll admit, 
uh, 15 years ago, if we were if we were building a process, you can tell I'm Canadian because I say process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, love it. I probably already said about and that threw it off. Um <laughs> uh, but, you know, we would sit in a room, a bunch of HR people, build out what we thought would be the perfect process and then huck it over the fence to the rest of the organization and then be just stunned that nobody would adopt it or they would develop workarounds, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I'm seeing more and more is, and certainly I'm in a lot of engagements around utilizing things like design thinking, bringing users, you know, you know, employees or people managers into the room to design that future state mm -hmm. so that we're not crossing our fingers and hoping that we get it right, mm -hmm. uh, but rather we're bringing in the very people who are going to be impacted and involving them in the design and listening really hard for the pain points in a particular process that maybe we are not aware of and that we're creating in HR. So there is still some work in, to be done in HR transformation, but I would also challenge uh, HR professionals to be thinking always about, but what does this, what is what we're doing? How is it going to impact and drive value for the business? Mm. Right. Uh yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a great segue to, to to look at this through the lens specifically of modern performance enablement, right? Like what is, you, you talk about, um, it, it, it's, it's so important, you're talking about sort of these taking old processes and just kind of like, you know, lifting and shifting the processes, if you will, into a cloud-based automated environment. You've, you still haven't really reimagined fundamentally what you're doing um so you know you so for instance taking a traditional annual performance review it's almost painful to say a uh, process uh, and putting it in the cloud you may be saving some time administratively right but you but you're not but that's only that's only half of i would not even half of the way there you know there's there's a lot more so what does modern performance enablement look like and how does it how does it kind of shake hr out of this old think well i mean if you you know if you think fundamentally modern performance in enablement is about having a, a continuous conversation and a feedback within you know between a manager and an employee about how are you doing mm -hmm. what can i help you with how can i support how do you want to see your, you know, what do you want to do next? How can I support your personal and career growth, et cetera? And that happens, uh, you know, certainly more than twice a year. Uh, and if you think about it just as humans, I mean, I said the other day, it's not like my husband and I go to the end of the year and say, okay, let's see how we're doing. Yeah. Let's have a conversation about what you what you do right and wrong and what I do right and wrong, right? How do you think that's going to go? There will, there will be tears, right? There will yes, be tears. there will be. Hopefully there'll be a box of Kleenex. Well, and, and I'll probably only remember like the last three months worth of interaction, right? Yeah. What do we usually do? We course correct. Like, I'll, you know, we give feedback, we, we communicate, we have lots of conversations we give, we give props to each other and, and it effectively it's building a connection and a trust that yeah. allows us to feel connected. Mm -hmm. And to a certain extent, that's what this approach is about is, is 
you shouldn't be surprised if you if you're waiting until the end of the year. You, should, you shouldn't be surprised what your boss's feedback is going to be. And by the way, they shouldn't be surprised with your feedback to them. Mm. It should be something that is uh, ongoing uh, on a regular basis, and frankly, something that is natural. Mm. Now, this doesn't all happen overnight. It's not like we wave a wand and turn on some software and folks immediately start getting comfortable with these conversations. I say we walk, run, and fly. Um, but over time, as people get more comfortable and confident with it, they get stronger. Their maturity on that competency gets better. And you just have richer and richer, meaningful, valuable conversations and, and feedback over time, which you know, we did a really interesting survey where we asked like 2,500 people, employees and managers, some who used BetterWorks and some who didn't. Um, and then we found some really interesting things. Uh, we, we saw a, you know, 25% lift in employee NPS, which is basically engagement. We mm -hmm. saw 44% of employees that used BetterWorks said that they were willing to go above and beyond what they were being asked to do. So the, the notion of, yes, I'm aligned. I know what I'm focused on. My boss has my back and I feel supported. I feel connected to this organization and, uh, and, and that shows up in productivity. So I think the, the other piece specifically mm. that BetterWorks has cracked is this notion of in the flow of work. And again, it talks about removing the barriers or the noise in a process so that it's seamless. So what that really essentially means is we tie into whether it's Outlook or Teams or, you know, um, um, Google or whether or, you know, Gmail or whether it's Salesforce, et cetera, any of the tools that your employees are using if they update a goal or if they mark an achievement in Salesforce, for example, mm -hmm. or in you know Excel, they don't have to now move out. They can do that in that system and mm -hmm. it'll be picked up and put into BetterWorks, which means uh, okay. you're not. So imagine how revolutionary that is versus, oh, gosh, it's the end of the year. I need to go out of my job. I need to yeah. move. I need to go into a new system. I need to log that stuff in. It's completely inefficient. But the other piece to it as well, which makes it, I think, much more natural, is the notion that if you and I have just had a, a, a meeting mm. and I just thought, you know, Brent just kicked that out of the park. That presentation was amazing. I could be in Outlook or, you know, Gmail, and I will have a little sidebar that's better works, and I can immediately send you feedback. Mm. Again, this notion that the feedback is, which then gets sort of, as I said, collected in your body of work. So that's mm -hmm. all part of what you, uh, uh, that travels with you. Yeah. But again, how am, how are we making it more seamless for the humans that we work with to interact with each other and to get used to and, and comfortable and natural about this notion of feedback um and you know recognition mm -hmm. and, and you know a few things so a what i'm hearing is and, and we hear this in uh, around a lot of uh the, the employee life cycle is reducing friction 
you know, um, it happens in, in talent acquisition, you know, especially with high volume hiring organizations, you know, they want to, they want to reduce the friction in the, uh, in the application process because, uh, Joe Schmo, who's applying for a warehouse job with Amazon also might be looking to be a cashier at Flying J, you know, and that's, there's so many opportunities and there's very little, um, very little compelling them to go with one versus the other uh, necessarily. And so there's, so you want to reduce that friction and here you want to reduce the friction, re blah, reduce the friction so that the employee is uh, most apt to, or the manager, they're all employees, but the manager or subordinate as we'll call it uh, is most apt to, to actually record it. Right. Because it's easy. It's captured almost as a perfunctory after the fact thing, which is really, really important. I, and I can't help but wonder um, or. Are you quoting Bit Carrie Bradshaw to me? I can't help <laughs> yeah, but wonder. I didn't realize I was, but I guess so. Uh, <laughs> viewers may be um, surprised to hear that I'm not a huge football fan, although I do like it. Uh, oh, no, Carrie Bradshaw, oh, not oh, Terry said, Bradshaw. Oh, I thought you said Terry Bradshaw. Okay. No, Terry Bradshaw, famously close. I couldn't oh, help yeah. but wonder. Yeah, oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, right, right. Um, yeah, no, that neither. But uh, <laughs> um, um, I can't help but wonder, though, what the, um, the positive impact is, uh, the extent of the positive impact for the HR department, too, when they're, they're not having to babysit this process, chase people down. Um, what is that like? Because that's probably part of the HR transformation piece, big time. Yeah. No question, right? All of that chasing, all of that. And I mean, I, I, I think I mentioned at the top of our talk, HR people aren't excited about being a police. That, that's not how they get in. That's not why they get into HR, mm. um, right? They're about helping people reach their potential that, you know, they're not, they're not about chasing people down to make sure that they filled out a form. Um, so the fact that that is removed is in one is one thing. I think the other thing HR people are really interested in is sustainable adoption mm -hmm. and how people are using it. And there, there's a third, which is data, but just an interesting data point uh, of note, which is, uh, you know, if you think about the traditional H, uh, HR system using a traditional performance management with, say, two touch points during the year um, versus our approach, uh, what we're finding is on average, our customers in, are going in, you know, our users are going into the Better Work system or interacting with the Better Work system once every seven days. Wow. So it's, it's an, I, the notion then is people are, are getting excited about doing this. They see value in doing it. And the other piece, the third piece is the analytics then. Well, if I only have two points of, uh, of, of data from a mid-year review and a year-end review, as an HR person, that's you know okay, that's interesting. But what about if, when, when it's being utilized and adopted, suddenly you have a richness of data around the feedback people are getting, the exchanges that they're having, how many conversations are they having? That's rich stuff. And that stuff as an HR strategist, that's that's work that you could be really digging into to maybe help organize parts of the organization that are, are struggling <clears throat> with this notion of continuous performance um, and also recognizing those that are incredibly good at it. So mm -hmm. I, I think 
all of that is relevant. We could talk about this all day long. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we could, I know. And uh, and I was looking at the time and we are coming up on the end here. I, I just wanted to say super quick, you know, applying natural language processing to that, you know, trove of qualitative yep. data is uh, that can really surface up some really, really interesting uh, prescriptive and uh, analytics for uh, for folks. And there's just, just a lot of uh, potential upside here. Um yeah, I mean, you know, there's so much to talk about here. I think this is a, a really, really fascinating topic. And it's so important for organizations, for the HR organizations to really get their operational side under control and, and thought through in the most modern way so that they can be, uh, so that they can focus on the, the people aspect of, 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 the, um, of the function as much as possible. That, that to me seems to be really the, um, uh, the, uh, the main objective, wouldn't you say? I would say so. And this is the perfect time. I think this is the perfect time to be uh, an HR innovator, um, to get really curious, to challenge status quo, to ask the question, why, you know, why are, why are we still doing it this way? And most importantly, how is what we're doing going to provide value to the business? I think this is a time where HR is more critical than any other time in my in my career, and you know I would I would say it's it, HR should be really excited about uh, making their seat at the table. Don't wait for it to be given to you; just take it. That's right. That, that's let's let's leave it at that for now. That's wonderful, wonderful um, uh, way to put it. Making the seat at the table. Thank you so much, Jamie, for joining us. Really appreciate it. This is just, this is a fascinating topic. Um, and I know our viewers got a lot out of this conversation. Wonderful. Pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah.